1: Recorded live. We want to welcome you to the worship service of the Homerville Church of Christ. We're glad you stopped in and we hope the things that you find here will be done according to the New Testament pattern of worship and of doctrine. If you have any questions, please feel free to put those on our Facebook page or in our messages on the Facebook page and we will get to them as quickly as possible to give you a Bible answer for your Bible question. Tonight we're looking at Solomon, the wise man of the Old Testament and considering some things from his life and things that we can learn from it. Hope you'll uh,
0: benefit from it, and we appreciate you again for stopping by. Good evening. It's time for us to get started. Good to see
2: Kevin back today. everybody has had a good, happy Easter day. Um, Area news there's a gospel meeting that will will start today at Sylvester Church Christ. Various speakers, since uh, Brother Murder is not able to be there this week. So, Weekday services starts at 7 p.m. this Monday through Wednesday. Also, the 11th is Golden Age Day at Richmond Hill. Registration is at 9.30 uh, a.m. And the
0: And today is a day-to-day collection. Added by also, if you'd like to make a contribution. You can put it in the canister for so you. Can Uh, birthday is coming up, but Brown has one
2: on the south. Jane has been anniversary on the 26th, followed by a birthday on the 26th, and we're have a birthday on the 30th. And remember, you if we been next year on our prayer list, check the book and for those that are listed. said so this morning, we're glad to have Brother Andrew back with us. whether glad that he had any
0: questions. Of <coughs> this trip, his first anniversary. He has many, many, many more. So there'll be a lot of people traveling home today, and been visiting families and all over the weekend. So, and prayers also to those people that are traveling. The order of service meeting, singing will be Mitchell.
2: Um, what's up for anyone needs to take? Uh, Andrew here will take care of that. Brother Ray is first of the prayer, and Ryan closed prayer.
0: And then Andrew will keep doing this prayer. First I'm going to it to the 525. 525. <laughs> if I walk in the pathway of
3: duty, if I work in the close of for
0: And we will do
3: the
2: So thankful for Jesus gave Himself for so us we might have remission of our sins, we might have that hope, that home in heaven. Father, we're so thankful for your loving care for us, blessing us every day with food, clothing, and shelter, and so many things. Blessing us with the Bible. And we pray that we might be good stewards of your word and of the many blessings that you've given us so that we can. Help others with the physical things that we have, but especially with the spiritual blessings. We might carry your words forward and help us to find those that will study with us. Father, ask your blessings to be on the sick, to the afflicted, especially those in household of faith and those that were mentioned today. Ask your blessings to be on them and use us, your Father, in your service to give care and aid where we can. Father, we pray that you will continue to guide, guard, and direct us, and that we have wisdom from above. We do those things that will bring honor and glory to your holy name. pray that you will be with our brothers and sisters throughout the world, and those that are being faithful, that you will bless them in the efforts that carry your gospel. Father, we ask that you would be with our nation. We're thankful to live in this nation, to have the peace, the freedom that we enjoy. Pray that you will bless our leaders that they will lead us in such a way that we will continue to have a blessing and be with those about the world that they too will lead in such a way that the gospel will have free course. Father, we pray that you will guide, guard, and direct us in your service, that all
0: things be done in accordance with your holy will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before the lesson, we'll sing number five hundred and twenty-eight. Five twenty-eight. <laughs> I have found the Prince Jesus; He's
3: everything to me. He's the I to my soul, my I'm fluttered in trouble, he's my face, he tells me every day on
0: his to roll. he's a lily of the fire, he's a bright
3: morning star, he's a spirit of him, thousands in my soul, oh he all my dreams has taken. Oh, sorry.
0: This evening I hope you're doing well
1: We were singing that song I couldn't help But be impressed by the second verse Sometimes you get those songs that you've been Singing since you're younger And uh, You don't always have to have a book in front Of you but I had to pick it up again That second verse He all my griefs has taken All my sorrows born in temptation He's my strong and mighty tower I have all for him forsaken and all my idols torn from my heart, and now he keeps me by his power. Those are some pretty powerful words. And those are some things that, we, as we sing these songs, sometimes, like I say, it can get real easy to okay, we're singing 528. And some of the songs, you probably can do this too, because we've had this book since, I, well, since before I was here, and this is actually a songbook I grew up with at Richmond Hill. And so if someone calls out a number, Frequently, I can tell you what song that is just because we use it so long. So we can get so such a habit of singing the songs that we we think about them, but then we don't think about them all at the same time. And that just struck me. Uh, Songs like that will make you do some thinking and some searching. Good to see everyone this evening. I hope you're doing well. As we begin, we'll come back to the, uh, well, I'll tell you what. May I borrow your paper for just a moment? <laughs> I have so many, too many papers floating around now. We, well, I was not here, and I didn't get this ready for you for last week. I hoped to have done that, but I didn't. Last week, we would have gotten through from 1 Samuel 28 to Second Samuel 19. That's on what would be the front if you open it like a book. David, Bathsheba, Uriah, and Nathan, the prophet. Second Samuel 11, 2 to chapter 12, verse 25. Uh, 2 Samuel 11:27. 27, But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord, and he then is told, Thou art a man by Nathan. And then he takes us back to Numbers t- 32, 23, and be sure your sin will find you out. Now David's sin was brought to his attention by Nathan the prophet, and our sins perhaps may not be brought to our attention by a prophet or someone in this life, but one day we know that we're going to have to give an account because For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And you'll recall, and actually the things we talked about tonight, and even some of the things we talked about a little bit later, are going to be tied back to David's sin with that sheep. And so that is the nugget of knowledge for last week. This week, 2 Samuel 20 to 1 Kings 18 should have been where you made it to last night if you're keeping up with this schedule. And in 1 Kings 9 to verse 6 and 7, the, the, the nugget of knowledge is idolatry. And that those passages, verses say, but if ye shall, but if ye shall at all turn from following me, ye are your children, and will not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I, then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them, and this house which I have hallowed for my name will I cast out of my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all people. Now we know as. History continues on through the biblical record and actually secular history that those things actually took place that that temple was leveled, And then you call it was rebuilt and rebuilt and added on and then it was leveled again. And so um, these things took place as the Lord has said. And for us in the New Testament, Colossians 3, 5, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness which is idolatry. And so for us today to have anything that is more important to us than the Lord and following him and serving him results in that thing becoming an idol to us because we've lifted it up higher than the Lord. Which takes us back to what we just said. Uh all my idols torn from my heart. We've got to be careful about that in this day and time, just as they did in days gone by, and it's something we ought to be on guard of to be sure that there's nothing that stands between us and the Lord. Tonight, as we continue in our search through the Scriptures, we come to the wise man Solomon. And men and women have searched high and low throughout the course of their entire lifetimes, to find wisdom. Some today, as in days gone by, have even gone so far as to say, in order to find knowledge and wisdom, you've got to make your own mistakes. You can't just rely on what other people tell you. Maybe you've heard that before. Now, when I hear that, I understand to a a degree how that could be true. It's really easy to learn a lesson if you have to learn it the hard way. But personally, I always thought that was kind of dumb. If someone says doing this is going to cause problems, I try not to do that unless I can see they don't know what they're talking about. And sometimes that's when the hard knocks come because we just assume people don't know what they're talking about. But I try to listen to people because I don't like headaches. I don't like bumps and bruises and things like that. And if I can avoid them, I try to. I'm sure you're the same way. But there's some people who think, I've got to try it, otherwise I'm not going to know if it's good, bad, or harmful, or whatever the case might be. I've got to do it myself. I can't rely on other people. And so all sorts of problems ensue. The Bible speaks to the wisest man who ever lived, from Jesus, and that being Solomon. 1 Kings 10, verses 6 and 7, we're told of the visit that the queen of Sheba made to Solomon. You've been reading. you read this not too long ago. But it is interesting, as we read this the other night, Said that she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it, and behold, the half was not told me. By thy wisdom and prosperity, thy wisdom and and prosperity needed the same which I had heard. Happy are the men, happy are thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which is delighted in thee, to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king a 120 talents of gold and spices of great store and precious stones there came no more such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. As you read that, isn't, isn't her description of that interesting? The half had not been told. I couldn't believe it until I saw it and now I see it. and I, it, 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 it was just barely scratching the surface of what I had heard about your wisdom and prosperity that you received from the Lord. With his wisdom being declared by God, uh, as being surpassed by no one before him or after him, we ought to listen to what Solomon has to say. His wisdom came to him from God, and when we look at the things that he wrote concerning the things of this life, I, I, I have, my mind went to Proverbs chapter 1, because in Proverbs chapter 1, he's writing some of these things down to benefit initially his son, but also those who would read the scriptures. Proverbs 7, 1 and verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the fool despised wisdom and instruction. The begin, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so for us today, if we seek wisdom, we should seek it from the Lord, just as he did in his request, as we'll talk about it this evening. But as we look at the life of Solomon tonight, I want us to consider what wisdom tells us as we look at his life. Again, wisdom would say you learn from the lives of others. You learn from what happens to those before you so you don't repeat the same mistakes so you can go farther than those who went before you. And as we look at Solomon's life, in the first place, we're going to consider Solomon's relatives. Solomon's relatives. Now, some of, this things are, some of this will be things that we've noticed already because we've been looking through his family leading up to him. To begin with, we have his parents. Second Samuel chapter 12, verses 24 and 25, we're told that David and Bathsheba are his parents. Now, you recall how David became acquainted with Bathsheba in that she was the wife of Uriah the Hittite, one of uh, David's mighty men. She had been bathing on top of her roof. David saw her and and called her and committed uh, sin with her and had Uriah killed. Then Nathan comes and informs him that his actions, the things that he had done, were known of God and had displeased the Lord. And so he he begins to make things right, but there's some punishments that are going to ensue. But he takes Bathsheba's wife. The baby that was to be born to her was afflicted by the Lord and eventually died. You recall that David fasted while the child lived, and then after the child's death, he got up and cleaned himself up and went to eat. The servants asked, why'd you do this? You you fasted then, but you're you're not now. And he said, the the line that we hear frequently at funerals, I cannot go to him, or he cannot come back to me, but I can go to him. And so we have this beginning of their relationship, and as time goes on, eventually Solomon will be born to David and Bathsheba. But not only do we have his parents, we have his siblings. And I didn't list out everyone, but you can look at 2 Samuel 3, 2 through 5. and 1 Chronicles chapter 3, you can get the list of all of his brothers and sisters listed there um, for you. But specifically, I wanted to look at those that kind of lead us up to the point. You have Ammon that, that defiled Tamar, and because of this, he was killed by Absalom. Absalom rebelled against his father David and, and would eventually be killed hanging from a tree as Joab comes and kills him, as he's rebelling against David, trying to take over the kingdom, says that he had won the hearts of the people, or stolen the hearts, rather, of the people. David comes back, and and time continues on. And then as his life comes to an end, Adonijah begins to take over, and and he has some help among David's uh, personnel there in the kingdom to kind of set himself up as king. Nathan comes to Bathsheba and tells her what's going on and Bathsheba goes to David and then Nathan comes in. They tell him what's going on and he begins to implement the steps that will make Solomon the king. Eventually Abonijah is going to be killed because of his rebellion and his rebelliousness. Then Solomon will be king. Among the sisters you have Tamar and Amiel. That's from First Chronicles Three verses, five and nine, and so you notice the siblings and some of the characteristics and things of them. But then we notice Solomon's family itself, that his personal family. First Kings chapter three and the first few verses there were told that he makes a, a treaty with is, with Egypt, and he marries the daughter of Pharaoh. <coughs> and doing some reading on this, it, it was kind of confusing to me because in the law they were told not to make any kind of agreements or treaties or marrying among the pagan folks. But then immediately after we find that he had this marriage taking place, in this treaty, it says that he—he—I uh, well, don't remember exactly the word. You know, read it to you. First Kings chapter three, verses three and
0: four says, "And Solomon loved the Lord, and walking in the statutes of David his father, only he sacrificed
1: burnt and burnt incense in high places." And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. And it seems like since uh, the Ark of the Covenant had been brought to Jerusalem by David, but the tent was still, the tabernacle was still there, that he was uh, he was worshiping the Lord until things were finally set in stone. In, in the way that that would be done, but it was interesting and kind of confusing to me that you have him making these agreements in his marriage, immediately followed by the uh, him start walking in uh, loving the Lord and walking in statutes today with his father, and it, but it seems like evidently that was okay for whatever reason. There's just not really a whole lot said right there about that, and maybe in, in some of your other studies, you you have more information on that but that's what I could come up with in my studies from this. And so we have him making being married to the daughter of Pharaoh, and then in addition to that, the, the complication seems to arise when he increases that number, and by the time you get to chapter 11 of verse 3, you'll find that he has 300 wives and 700 concubines, which why you would do that, that that's still, I, I don't understand that, but that's what he did. And so he had somewhere around the neighborhood, somewhere around, it says 300 wives and 700 concubines. And then he is followed in the kingdom as far well as reigning over Israel for a short period of time over the nation, Rehoboam. That's 1 Kings chapter 11, 43 to chapter 12, verse 1. So Reboam, Solomon's son, will take over. And you recall, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in, in, in these studies that we we'll continue on, that the kingdom will divide at that point in time. And so as we look at his family, just a couple of things that, that we can see initially just by looking at his family. First of all, you have the influence that his family had upon him. David, we talked about him as being the, a man after God's own heart. And as David is passing away <laughs> from this life, he, he calls Solomon in. This is in First Kings chapter... Two. And notice verses two through four, I go the way of all the earth. Be, be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God, to walk in His ways, to keep His statutes and His commandments, and His judgments and His testimonies, as is written in the law of Moses. Thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, whithersoever thou turnest thyself that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, and saying, If thy children take heed to their way, and walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. And so as David's passing away, he's setting things in order for Solomon to be the king to follow him, and he gives him this charge to walk in the ways of the Lord. And when we get to chapter 3, it says that he loved the Lord and walked in the statutes, of his father David. <clears throat> and so as, as he had his beginning of being king, it seems he had some good influence being exerted on him by his father, and we understand there were a lot of complications and, and um, a lot of turmoil in that family. But David seems to be giving him good influence and direction as he began. But then as you continue through that list of people who would have influenced Solomon in his life, he began to add in those wives from those other nations. And in fact, in chapter 11, really the whole of chapter 11, it goes through and it talks about he married this one. She was from here and she led him to follow this God. She married this one. She was from here. And she led him to follow after this God. Over and over again through that chapter, you'll see the various directions and influences that Solomon had exerted upon him. We know, we'll see this in just a minute, that it had a terrible impact on his life. As we think about that, it's important for us to keep in mind the influences in our lives. Now, it may not be that at the beginning of our lives we have that good influence. But if we have good influences, we need to hold on to them. Those encouraging words, those words of guidance and direction that we get from godly parents, godly parents in the faith, Whatever the case is, when we have people who are encouraging us to be faithful to the Lord, to walk in His way, we need to hold on to those people as long as we can and hold on to those words of encouragement and direction so that we can continue in the way we need to go. And as we continue to walk through this life, we've got to be careful about the other influences that we bring into our lives because they can lead us away from where we need to be. As you think about Solomon, had he not had these outside influences of these women, these foreign women who would lead him to to follow after these other gods, who knows what his kingdom, what his legacy might have been. But we know Solomon as the one who followed them, the one who experimented in the various things of life to conclude that all is vanity, according to Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 8. When you think about his life, wisdom tells us we've got to be careful about the influences that are in our lives and mindful of those who would bring us closer to the Lord and weary of those who would draw us away from him. In the next place, I want us to consider Solomon's reign. As we think about Solomon's reign and, and consider the wisdom that we can draw from his work, I understand probably we're never going to be able to say I'm the king of this nation. But we can think about the work that we do and the influence that we have over those who are in our lives and use things that we can see from his life to help us to do better, hopefully, than he did in some of the areas of his. To begin with, we have the commencement of his his reign. And as we think about the commencement of his reign, we come to 1 Kings chapter chapter 1, verses 32 through 37. Again, we find that David did not stop Adonijah from setting himself up to be king. But then the information comes to him in chapter two things are set in order for him to begin to be king. And as you read in first Kings chapter excuse me, first Kings chapter one, verses thirty-two through forty, notice the steps that are taken. First Kings chapter one verses thirty-two through forty and David said, Call me Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and they came before the king. The king also said unto them, Take with you the servants of your, of your lord, and call Solomon my son to ride upon the mule, on my own, my own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him, their king over Israel, blow you with the trumpet, and say, God save Solomon. Then ye shall come up after him, that he may come and sit upon my throne, for he shall be king in my stead, and, and I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, answered the king and said, Amen. The Lord is God of, of my Lord, the king says say so too. As the Lord has been with my lord the king, even so be he with Solomon, and make his throne greater than the throne of my lord the king David. So Zadok the priest anointed, uh, and Nathan the prophet and Benai the son of Jehoiada and the Cherethites and the Pelethites went down and called Solomon to ride upon King David's will and brought him to Gihon. And Zadok the priest took the horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon and they blew the trumpet and all the people said, God save King Solomon. And all the people came up after him and the people piped with their pipes and rejo- rejoiced with great joy. So that the earth rent with the sound of them. And Adonijah and all the guests that were with him heard heard it as they had made an end of eating. When Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, Where is this noise of the city being in an uproar? While he yet spake, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the priest, came. And Adonijah said unto him, Come in, for thou art a valiant man, and bringest good tidings. And Jonathan answered and said unto Adonijah, Verily our Lord King David hath made Solomon. King, and so when the time came for Solomon to to take his place as the king, David took careful with careful precision, did what was necessary to set him up to be the king. And so at the beginning we have the commencement of his reign, but also we have the characteristics of his reign, or his reign being characterized by various things. First of all, we have the quantity of his reign. It was forty years, and according to chapter four. And chapter 5, it was a peaceful time that Solomon reigned. In fact, that's one of when he writes to Hiram, the king of Tyre. He tells him that, that his father was not able to, to make the house of the Lord because there was war on every side, but now the Lord had granted peace, and it was time to build the temple for the Lord. And so it was a peaceful time, and was, he reigned for 40 years. He reigned from basically from the the line where the Egyptians would kind of take over all the way up to the Euphrates River. And so the kingdom had its greatest expansion under his rule, reaching up to the Euphrates River there in uh, the northeast. I have trouble when I'm thinking about directions because I have to remember where I am in relation to where I'm trying to go. In the northeast from the Mediterranean Sea. And so the quantity was 40 years over this vast expanse of territory. Then you think about the quality. Again, it was a a time that was peaceful. There weren't very many wars that you read about. Now, later in his life, as he departs from the way of the Lord, there are going to be enemies that arise up, and he has to deal with them because he's not been faithful to the Lord. But relatively speaking, Solomon's reign was a time of peace. But as you continue in thinking about his reign after the commencement, and after the characteristics, there's the complications that arise. And if you would, notice First Kings chapter 11. First Kings chapter 11, again, this really details the things that were going on that caused the problems in Solomon's reign. In First Kings 11 and verse, verses 1 through 8, but King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you, for they, surely they will turn away your heart after their God. Solomon slaves unto thee in love. And he had 700 wives, I told you wrong, 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. Then Solomon built. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh the abomination of Moab in the hill that was before is before Jerusalem, and for Molech the abomination of the children of Ammon, and likewise did he for all his strange wives that burnt incense and sacrifice unto their gods. We have the reason for these complications, and that is, instead of focusing on the Lord, walking in his ways and 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 being mindful of those things that they had been commanded, he began to to follow these strange women that he had brought into his life that influenced him and, and led him to follow these different gods. And as God had promised to not only the nation of Israel, but specifically to David and to Solomon, if they would be faithful to him, he would continue in faithfulness with them and their, their children's children would continue to reign over the nation of Israel. But they, he didn't remain faithful. He turned away, and because of that, the Lord's patience, Reached the point where he wouldn't put up with it any longer. And so we have the reason, and then the results. First of all, there were enemies. Verses 14 through 22 speaks of one of the enemies of Hadad, the Edomite. And then in 23, we're told about Reason, the son of Elida, which fled from his lord, Hadad Ezer, the king of Zobah. And so we have these two enemies that are stirred up to come against Solomon because he had been unfaithful to the Lord. And, and, and he had to deal with these things. And he's told in verse 42 and 43 that things aren't going to continue as they had. It says the time of Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was for 40 years. And Solomon slept with his father, was buried in the city of David his father, and the son reigned in his stead. If you go back, I told you wrong on that. Um, in verse 31 We're told um, We're told what's going to happen Ahijah is speak, uh, talking to Jeroboam And he tells them That, going, that the Lord is going to rend out The hand of Solomon The kingdom out of the hand of Solomon And get ten tribes to him And he's going to maintain one tribe For Solomon Son of and so the end of his kingdom comes in these times of complication. And it, it, it's just it's disappointing. When you start out and you start reading, you're excited about David. He had difficulties. Things didn't go right. He, he turned away from the Lord, but he came back and he was but he was faithful. And you get to Solomon you think Solomon's going to have a great start. He has a great start and he has great opportunities and he turns away from the Lord. And so that, that kind of Describes the characteristics of his reign. Finally, I want us to think about Solomon's relationship with God, and some of this is going to bring us back through some things, so we'll just refer to things as we've talked about them already, unless we haven't. But let's think about Solomon's relationship to God. Notice 1 Kings 3, 5 through 15. Again, this this beginning that he has is so promising and, and exciting to see it, but it doesn't hold on. First Kings chapter 3, he's gone to, to also there in Gibeon. And in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprighteousness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him his great kindness, but thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy, thy servant David instead of David my father. Excuse me. Now hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And my servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for a multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemy, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment, behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that, that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. and he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered bear offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast to all his servants. And in the next few verses, you immediately see him exercising this wisdom given to him by the Lord. You read of how... The queen of Sheba described, as we began this evening, talking about the half had not been told of how wise Solomon was and how great and powerful and rich he was. What a blessing it was to stand in his court, as she describes it. What a great beginning in his reign. But as you continue, we find not only did he have this choice for wisdom, but he also noticed his construction of the temple. And that covers basically chapters um, 6 through 8 and uh, dealing with all the things with that, 6 kind of summarizes that for you. And chapter 5, verses 3 through 6, he talks about how in his letter to to King Hiram, he talks about how that he's going to prepare this temple and and how David had not been able to do that because of the war because he'd been a man of war, but now there was peace and, and the Lord had chosen him to do this. And he speaks of the things, that the the request he made of Hiram and the various things involved in the work of the temple. The great cedars of Lebanon, that would be used. And and you read how they would cut them and use the, the Mediterranean Sea to bring them down to the land there where they would be taken to put in place. Not only that, you read about the great rocks and stones that would be used. And as they were cut in the quarries, they were cut to fit so that when they were brought in, You didn't hear the sound of chisels and hammers, but you simply had the the temple being put together like we would some of the the prefabricated buildings and things that we can buy today. It was all ready to go. It just had to be put in place. You read about the intricate work that's done in the carvings of the wood, the the gold that's put in place, and, and all the instruments of the temple. All for the glory of the Lord in this place where he would dwell among his people. And so we have his choice and his construction in this time, but then you have the complications of his reign. Well I I told you that that was back in the his concern for God's law. Sorry. His concern for God's law. His concern for God's law is seen in his direction. Again, David set him up for a good beginning. His choice that he made in seeking wisdom and the ability to rule and have a discerning heart that he could lead God's people. And so he had a good direction. He had a great <laughs> desire in that that he would, have, he would uh, have that wisdom. But then you have the decline. And really you can start in verse 1 of chapter 11. He loved foreign women. Verse 2, he loathed the law of the Lord. Notice, says that Solomon clave unto thee in love, that is, the women, which God has said not to have anything to do with. He left the love of the Lord, verses 3 through 8. They turned away his heart from God, and he turned to them and to their gods. And then finally, verses 9 through 11, the long-suffering of the Lord ends. And so because of his decline, he would not be able to have that great promise of, you know, his son would continue on as he had for David, and then his son could have that opportunity so rather, we find the kingdom's going to be divided. When you come to his conclusion, now this kind of deals with his writing and the summation of his life. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 8. Having gone through various things of life, and in fact, it was kind of interesting. One of the teachers at the school here in Homerville Came up to me one time and said, They like to read through Ecclesiastes every so often. And they were reading me a few days before we talked. And they said, I was reading that and I was just depressing. Well, yeah, I could see that. Because over and over again, he says, I sought this. I sought wisdom. I sought money. Looked at this and looked at that and tried this and tried that. And at the end of it, even if you could have the best and the most of all of it, you're going to die and you're not going to have any of it. That's what this life has to And so when you come to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 8, it says, Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. He goes through the importance of, 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 of seeking the Lord and remembering um, the Creator. And even rejoicing, he talks about that in chapter 11. But notice verses 13 and 14, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment, with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. If you think about Solomon's life, he had wisdom given to him by God. He did go and experience all of these things. He sought it out. He evaluated it. Endured the headaches that come along with it. And so from a worldly standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint, Solomon is in great position to speak on the subject of life. And he says it's all vain without the Lord. But our duty and our responsibility is to fear God and keep His commandments. And to keep in mind that everything that we do, good or bad, is going to be brought into account as we stand before the Lord. So you go backwards in that. He says, remember thy Creator in the days of thy youth. I know some of us are more youth -er than other ones. But wherever you are today, you're more of a youth today than you will be tomorrow. We all are. Today's a great day to start remembering our Creator, whether we're how old that is, is that's the morning change, all the way up to the oldest person in the room. Now's a great time to start. Now's a great time to re-remember our Creator and our relationship with Him and to reinforce it and make it the best that it can be. And to avoid all the pitfalls of this life that we can by listening to the wisdom that comes to us from God. A lot of people, it's funny and sad all at the same time to hear, well, I just don't, I'm not going to distrust just because someone says
0: I should do this or not do that. I've got to go see it for myself.
1: Still just don't understand it. Think about the wisdom That we have from Scripture. Again, Solomon's in a great position to speak on these things. Proverbs 1 The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning, and a man of understanding shall attain into wise counsels, to understand the proverbs and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck, my son. Now Solomon, writing to the ones who would come immediately after him, but our Heavenly Father has through the pen of Solomon written to you and to me to give us wisdom and understanding that only he possesses through the Scriptures. Wisdom tells us to learn, and I read to put in practice the things that we find within the pages of this book so that we don't have to deal with these things and run the risk of losing our soul and leading others astray. And as we look at the wise man Solomon, we consider his relationships, his family, his relatives. And you think about the good things and the negative things that he had impacting his life. And in our lives today, it may not be our immediate family. It may be friends and other people that we've brought into our lives. But if we're wise, we'll learn from Solomon and we'll recognize this person is dangerous because they don't follow the Lord. And we'll either try to to influence them regardless, but if we realize we can't influence them to follow the Lord, then we'll remove ourselves from those situations so that we can be faithful to the Lord and not follow in the footsteps of Solomon. Wisdom says we not only look at his, his relatives, but also at his reign and the work that he did. He had that good beginning, but because of those relationships, there was a decline in his reign as king over Israel. And it all comes back to his relationship with God. This evening, wisdom says we need to learn these lessons. Wisdom says, Protect your relationship with God and don't let anything come between you and him. And if you find that there's something that's causing you to take some steps, they're not generally giant steps. You don't start out with the Lord and then as far away as you possibly can be, but you start with baby steps walking away. Wisdom says it's time to take those baby steps and start walking back, run back if you can And this evening, if you realize that there are things in your life that need to be worked on so that you can be who God wants you to be, so that you can enjoy the blessings and and the the promises that he's made to you, we plead with you and the Lord pleads with you to repent, to turn back to him and determine to walk with him. You've never obeyed the gospel. You do this by determining to, to, again, live for him and with him Walking in His way, based on faith that comes by hearing God's word, you confess the name of Christ that He is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He will now be the ruler of your life, and you will submit to His will and be baptized so that your sins can be washed away and you can rise to walk in His life. As one who's been a child of God, who is a child of God, if you realize things are not what they need to be. Remember Solomon. He had a good start, but he turned away. We too as Christians can do the same. And if you realize that there are things in your life that need to be changed so that you can come back to the Lord, we plead with you and the Lord pleads with you to do that, to make those decisions even this evening so that you can be where you need to be and you can benefit from the wisdom of God as you go through this life. We can help you in making these changes, praying for you, for your strength, Whatever we can do to help you, we want to do that. If you'll come, let us know as you're standing and
2: meeting in Sylvester to starts today, goes through Wednesday at 7 o'clock during the week, and uh, the letter to go the next day at Richmond Hill. Registration starts at nine thirty. 30, 8, any other announcements that needs to be made. All right, well, I hope everybody has a good week and I hope everybody can be back Wednesday at the appropriate time, and if there's nothing else,
0: we'll I ask for the round that dismisses with prayer.
2: Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for all many blessings of this day, and we thank you for this opportunity that we've had to come together this evening and to go through this worship service and to hear a portion of your work proclaimed. that you'd help us to remember the things we've heard here this evening and that we can make proper applications to our lives. So we can be better Christians. I pray that you'd be with us now to so leave from here and go our separate ways. Pray you watch over us, keep us in your care, and pray that you bring us back here safely at the next point in time. Drop on your Amen. Amen. <coughs>